I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm the person when I'm doing something I have to do it to the best of my ability and even now I'm sitting on that phone thing and I'm rowing like I'm on the Blyly Lake in Versailles um, you know I, and it does my head in I want to be I want to be tearing into it I want to be I want to be pushing um, pushing myself and you know big long powerful strokes Day one <sighs> tough going I think the minute you stand still is the minute you're dead. Day two, um, 48 hours done now. Uh, three full days down, 72 hours in. Four full days in. Doesn't matter, just keep driving forward. Day five, uh, our five days done. Maybe it's been bred into me, but I've always had a, a curiosity to, to explore the world. Day 56, eight weeks done and dusted. Mood is good, spirits are high. Day 43, done and dusted. Day actually. 32, done and dusted. Anything and everything is, is achievable. Yeah, this is going to be fucking epic, man. This is only 24 hours in, and um, yeah, it's tough. My name is Damien Brown, and welcome to Deep Roots. If you'll cast your minds back to the last episode, you may remember that I was... I was in a state or a place of hard work, of putting concentration into what was in my control and and striving hard and holding myself accountable, holding myself to higher standards and actioning out those standards and being raised up through my self-discipline and self-regulation, you know, through positive emotions. And I also had some amazing kind of uplifting experience, experiences or an experience with a pod of dolphins that uh, visited me on the night of 40 and surfed down waves beside me and played in the waves and one of them breached and in and out and underneath the boat and out the front of the boat. Just this 
magical experience and like I said back then exactly what I wanted that had this great effect of you know seeing this um this group in their natural habitat this group of uh, mammals uh living you know joyfully what I felt was joyfully like the 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 frequency of the noises they were making was telling me like these guys are they're having fun they're they're full of um, joy in this moment and that's what was kind of resonating to me so it seemed to lift me and because it, it was exactly what I hoped that experience out there was a big fulfillment with that you know that I actually got to have this crazy kind of uh, experience and connection with um, you know nature in its natural habitat like that so far from uh, so far from like society well this day day 41 I also had um, visitors of the the mammal species if that's correct but um, they were not in their natural habitat so welcome back to deep roots um, welcome to day 41 have a listen Day 41 is now over and history. Um, pretty good day. I uh, I think I churned out the most mileage I've done in, in ages, in, in about 44 miles, which um, I know it's only like three or four miles more than what I've done kind of uh, over the last week, kind of average or whatever. But, um, it actually means a whole lot those three or four miles and at one stage I thought it'd be more but um, I got a bit slowed down there um, this morning uh, I don't know the conditions seem sometimes the conditions are deceptive you know those waves are big and uh, it's windy but um, yeah you're just not moving as fast and and um, yeah I uh, I being who I am question absolutely everything uh, that's in my power because I think it's myself firstly but, but maybe maybe that's just the way it is but uh, yeah so um, so a decent day started um, I finished with a visit from um, Santiki the second support yacht Dr. Torres yacht which was nice they didn't didn't hang around too long they just uh, said hello and swung around the boat a few times and um and said they'd see me in Antigua and they surely will uh, sooner or later I'll get there um, it's looking like uh, yeah maybe the apparently the 15th is the day they're saying I will get in which is a 63 day crossing so um, I don't know maybe maybe not we'll keep her lit uh, apart from that I don't really have a lot to say um, yeah, oh, Rem, yeah, Remelon is, uh, is, what is he, he's less than a mile from me, I could see him there earlier on, I can't see him now, um, just because the waves, but, uh, uh, I don't know what he's taken, but he, he caught up, I think, 40 nautical miles in four, in four days, or five days, which is crazy, uh, I'm on some of what he's on, um, fair play, and I'm sure at that speed he's gonna absolutely he's gonna pass me out in a tree, yeah. And um, and I uh, won't probably see him till till I set foot Antigua. But uh, yeah, no fair play. Um, he is motoring. Um, 
says no he's going at 3.4 knots and I'm sitting here at 1 so <laughs> so he should shoot by me any minute um, but uh, yeah so that was interesting uh, um, that we're like after 41 full days that um, literally we can see each other which is, is pretty unusual I think uh, out here that uh, a couple of ocean round boats can, can um, you know after so long be still so kind of close to each other um, you know, when you think that we all take different routes you know and even you know a few miles here and there and you know, no chance of seeing each other so it's, it's cool um, so not a huge amount to report today um, tomorrow is um, one, 24 hours until the end of week six so we'll get out of get week six six done and we'll kind of make some calculations and see when we're going to be and then start to count down all right bye bye now there's much more to both of these interactions than meets the eye so throughout this crossing the only way i knew where i was within the race context was by ringing home or people messaging me and there's a few people who I kind of constantly asked for updates uh, there was Owen who was doing my social media Owen O'Malley there was my dad uh, there was my brother and then there was my boat builder who was keeping me uh, informed on kind of what was happening around me more than anyone else and you know whenever there was uh, whenever I was doing well in the race whenever I'd made up miles or passed somebody out um, Justin was my boat builder's name Justin Adkin um, he would message he would send a text through to the flat phone and um, yeah uh, like and I was very happy to um, get it because you know I was striving out here I was working hard and I wanted um, to keep that uh, level of energy and enthusiasm and work going I needed some sort of positive feedback because it's, it's very difficult otherwise to really keep those standards high right so whenever I got it from Justin normally or my brother um, it would uh, it'd be great you know I'd feel good and I'd, um, I'd be able to pour that positive feedback uh, into the hard actions which were tough and needed needed that energy uh, at this point, uh, Justin had gone a bit quiet and he was keeping me kind of informed on how far ahead I was of the people behind me and how many miles I was behind the people in front of me. And if I remember, so at this point, there was 21 boats left of the 25. Now, some had finished, obviously, like I said before in previous episodes. But anyway, around where I was, I think I was at this point, I was either 18th or 19th of the 21. So um, there was definitely two boats behind me and something now here two years later is telling me there was three. But... I may be wrong about that, but there was definitely Remelan, uh, who was um, um, a Spanish guy, uh, who I'll, I'll come back to in a second. And there was the Atlantic ladies, who were three ladies, um, who were right at the back, who were like about, I think at this point, about 100 nautical miles, if not more, behind me. Um, and Remelan, up to about four days ago, was... 
I had been putting mileage into them, 40 miles. I was 40 nautical miles and I'd kind of been eking that, I'd making that bigger and bigger. And he was kind of one of my main kind of feedbacks. And then it was whoever was in front of me, I think, who I was chasing. Obviously, I was, I was asking Justin a lot and Andrew, my brother, a lot about them. Like, what's the distance today? Did I eat into them? What did they do? Blah, blah, blah. I think it may have been... Um, who was he guys no I might be wrong anyway something's telling me that's not right anyway <clears throat> for Remelon to kind of turn up on this day and like eat into that 40 nautical mile uh, lead I had on him in four or five days as I said was a massive blow and <laughs> what I actually thought was happening believe it or not was or I had a I, 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 I was really struggling to um, believe that he was kind of within that range of me because um, I think I'd made contact with Justin the day before and he told me and anyway I, I just I, I didn't believe it I got because I was like I said I was I was working my whole off out there um, and I didn't see how he could be anyway that morning when I woke up or no I don't know at some point during that morning anyway I saw on my GPS that uh, Suntiki which is the one it's a support yacht so the of the race so basically the way the race works is they have two support yachts that leave about three weeks apart and they um, make their way through the fleet and stop by every boat and say hello and whatever it's, you know it's just a I suppose it's a, a bit of a safety thing and uh, it's a net safety net there that they have at all times and uh, so this was the last one if you remember Manny and Kyle uh, had visited me on day 17 uh, the day my steering went and now it was the doctor of the race Dr. Tor from Denmark and his crew came by here on day 41 and when I first saw them on the GPS that they were coming my way and, and, and the direction they were coming from I kind of kept you know as you do like it's a it's a big part of um uh, of the race you know to have that interaction so you do look forward to it you know it's coming do look forward to it and I, I kind of you keep an eye on the horizon to um to see the kind of mast coming and I eventually saw the mast and then uh, I realized that they were um track uh, they were in the vicinity of Remelon and and then this penny dropped with me in that ah oh, maybe there was a thing in my head that said maybe that's why he has made up the 40 miles because he has he's given up he's quit and they are towing him that could be the only um explanation or that was an explanation that kind of fitted into the knowledge i had because i'd been obviously um eat i had been uh extending my lead on him all the time so I'd been obviously rowing kind of fast or traveling faster than him every day and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he has this burst of four days that he makes up 40 nautical miles which is a huge amount like didn't make sense so then I saw the boat coming and I was like ah oh, maybe uh you know maybe he's quit and then they have uh this they're the time he's on their uh, he's on board their yacht and then um, they're towing his ocean rowing boat back to, to Antigua because these things are expensive so so that's the kind of story I told myself and then in, within the next kind of hour or so um, Suntiki or two hours maybe 
I don't know, about an hour, I think. To, it gets to me and I realise <laughs> they're not towing them. <laughs> they don't have any ocean rowing boats. So that's a bit of a... Uh, my story is kind of uh, blown out of the water or vanished. And, and they do a couple of tours of me. They didn't hang around long at all. I think three tours of the boat. And it was nice to kind of shout a few things at them. And then they took off again. Headed for whoever was ahead of me. And then along came George. <laughs> And Remelan. Now George's crossing was incredibly interesting as well because George started in a pair. He started with a friend of his. Uh, they were a Spanish pair and they had a, um, a big boat like mine, a big pure class boat, actually bigger than my boat. Um, a big tank of a boat and I think it was around it was early anyway very early in the race like maybe around day six or seven that maybe even day nine remember that first storm it might have been around then that his partner whose name I forget um my apologies, regret, regrettably forget it right now. Um, he pulled plug and he was like, yeah, fuck this. I'm out of here. I, you know, this isn't for me. And uh, I think that was Dr. Tor's uh, yeah, um, boat, Suntiki, that actually um, they took him off the boat and brought him to the Cape Verde Islands. And uh, and then I think Manny left. I think that's how Manny ended up ahead of Dr. Tor. Not sure. That could be incorrect. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, so George was left kind of on his own to row a big-ass boat that was filled with um, the weight needed for two people. So, like, I'm talking about the food and that, you know. So, um, it was kind of understandable to me that, like, you know, he wouldn't be... Um, I would be pulling away from him because of what I knew of his setup, you know, and my own, like my own boat was, I would say it was lighter and it was definitely lighter in terms of, sorry, I mean the, the build of it, the, the actual hull and its equipment was lighter and then it was lighter in terms of um, obviously what it had on board. So, uh, so for then, like for him to um, just like out of nowhere, after four, well, 36 days, between thir day 36 and day four. So after 36 days to have this burst of speed, like where he started going, well, I don't know, 25% faster than me. It, it was, you know, I couldn't, I didn't understand it. It was incomprehensible. And then I made that story in my head to try and um, uh, put some kind of, have an answer to what I couldn't under to the confusion or what I couldn't understand and then that was taken away from me because it wasn't true <laughs> and um and then George continued to catch up with me and then there was that point where I could see him and then it was the turn of the day for me and I think it was my um he was only a mile from me you can actually hear the AIS the beeping in that last video going off because he was within that two kilometer uh radius where it goes off for me so um 
and it was my turn of the day so I think it was one to two I would take that hour off and that's normally where I made my video diary from my reflections of the day and I, I mentioned him um, and obviously some ticky and the fact that I'd actually had a 44 mile day and I was delighted with the extra kind of three or four miles than I had been producing because you know that was a reward for my efforts that I was putting in and I, I was working harder at this point than at any other point in the well sorry up to the any other point up to this in the race this is where I was I was really like grinding hard and putting in the hours and I like I said at the very start of this just been the person I wanted to be on the oars and you know controlling the moments every moment and focusing in on making every um, every stroke as technically good as I could um, as um, and putting as much effort through that stroke as possible because that was what was going to get me to the other side as fast as possible as as quickly as possible and then for George just to like piss by me like you know it fucking it ruined me mentally um and here's a video I made not long into day 42 about that. Uh, somewhere in the middle of day 42. Um, I'm a little, what's the word, disappointed or perplexed or uh, frustrated by, um, you know, performance in regards to race, you know, I would have loved to have been um, in some way competitive, like with the, you know, some of the pairs and, and all the solos, um, but, uh, but I'm not, um, and I can't figure it out, like I, I put so much into every, um, Coming off um, sweating like the bro of my cat my uh, son had is, is sopping. It's uh, um, you know my glasses are wet from sweat. You know, and, and you're kind of told that you, you're not meant to break sweat here. And I suppose that's just a, um, an indication of my effort. You know, I, and I, I'm rowing like I'm at around 11 hours a day. I understand that that like it's not you know there's there's room there for a bit more, but. Um, it's about the limit on what I can fucking sit down with these fucking sores. Like it's, uh, it's turning, it's slow form of torture. Like sitting down on, on, on them, you know. So, um, and uh, I feel I need that kind of six hour, five hour, six hour break to give them enough time to recuperate. So I don't know. I'm questioning absolutely everything. The boat, the fucking oars, my technique. Uh, you know, even when I catch crabs, like is that slowing me down when I'm turning? Uh, you know, when I put one oar in the oar, uh, one oar in the water to, to kind of pivot off. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's only the starts. The boat too heavy. Is it fucking trimmed wrong? Uh, am I missing something completely? Like am I uh, fucking? And my head is melted a little bit with the. Not like, uh, although like it wasn't a big concern of mine, and and it was just about pushing myself. It, you know. Would have would have liked to have been in some way competitive, but uh, but um, you know uh, this is kind of stemmed from Remelon um, picking up 14 nautical miles on me in about four days, and, and now I think he's gone past.
past me. I could see him earlier, I don't know where he is now, and, and, and this isn't exactly the fucking Isle of Man TT, like, this is, this is slow stuff out here, so, I, I don't know, I can't understand why I can't see him, but, uh, um, yeah, so, uh, I don't know, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, just one of those things, it won't be important in the long run, but, you know, high standards and all that, like, it just makes you, makes you wonder and question. So after I had that hour off, I hopped back on the oars and not sure exactly the timing, but it wasn't long after that that I made this video. And it was kind of a consequence of um, the fact that, okay, I'm back on the oars now. I am experiencing the exact same conditions as George. I am, and with respect to George, but I am a different animal to George. Like, George is probably in his kind of mid to late 50s. I am coming off kind of setting PBs on um, an Irish records and kind of what could be deemed world-class at times on the, uh, on the erg, on the... 500 meter I think at a 116 and at that point and for the 1k I did a uh, 246 which is like six and a half seconds off the world record so uh, what I'm trying to say is like I and I put so much so much into preparing myself like 19 months but it's the, the details that I go into and the uh, the levels I suppose of intensity and training that I, I can get to off like doing it for 20 years off a professional rugby background off a, an incredible drive to improve myself physically and mentally uh, one that to be honest with you surprises me sometimes that I'm, I'm able to do it and then you know again with respect to George but like the, the way I would have seen this is like George actually has a heavier boat than me um, and he's not in the same physical condition and now we're in the exact same the exact same conditions so I should be able to catch him and it was the opposite <laughs> like George disappears <laughs> disappears so far ahead like so quickly I'm like what the fuck this is ocean rowing like that could that should take days for him to kind of get out of my kind of radar um it, like I said in that video piece it's not like you know it's not the Isle of Man TT like this is slow this is snails pace stuff like uh and he's gone and it, it rocked me like I just you know um I was questioning everything and I, I do that at the best of times and it's hard enough then never mind with like this kind of lack of reward uh, for the work I'm putting in and then um, you know just for him to fly by me like that and me just be clueless like I just like I confused perplexed I think was a word I used uh demoralized I was like if you get it like this video is available on YouTube it'll actually be in the show notes depending on your wherever you listen to this but give it a look because you can see the dejection on my face in my 
little bit of my body that you can see in my body language. Of course, there was one other major, major, major factor to that dejection. Constant physical discomfort. Have a listen. Hi guys, uh, day 43 uh, done and dusted actually. I'm making this actually um, well into day 44 because uh, uh, because at the turn of the day there is just uh, everything actually. The last few days have been a nightmare, a uh, bit of a nightmare and it's just getting worse and worse. Um, uh, this, the sores on my arse are fucking horrendous. Um, I've kind of been, well I ignored them for a while stupidly um, and uh, and then um, not really uh, looking after them and, and, and kind of uh, uh, gritting my teeth and bearing it then for another while and um, yeah it's come it's come to uh, bite me and bite me in the ass excuse the pun um, yeah it, it's it's pretty much uh, agony now um, sitting for too long in the seat uh, just the friction on the sores and there's one big huge one I uh, just noticed today now um, between my kind of left hamstring attachment and my glute and then on the right butt cheek there's a load and there's a load, they're everywhere um, and uh, yeah I'm, I'm worried I'm really worried um, these uh, potentially um, they're going to slow me down massively. Um, I suppose I wouldn't let them do that before now, and it's probably an accumulation of that pushing through them. Um, and now I kind of have to perhaps face reality, and, and because I don't know if I can spend 11 or 12 hours um, rowing um, from now on, I might have to cut that down massively. Because, um, like I said, sitting down is, is agony. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm worried. Um, I don't have a solution. Um, I'm playing around with a load of different things. I've tried everything from creams to talc to at the moment now I'm playing around with like uh, some foam and cutting out the areas, the big areas where the, where the sores are and get, hopefully giving them a bit of room um, to breed. And uh, yeah, by the way, I'm, I'm rowing naked now. Um, I'm converted finally to took me 43 days but finally um rowing naked it's hot enough anyway so uh yeah uh yeah um i don't know like these fucking things won't stop me finishing i can guarantee you that but uh they're gonna make this next 20 days plus horrendous i think uh and i i, I saw that coming from a while off and i kind of you never know. You kind of wished and you hope and you'll wait and you'll see that they they may um, may turn out differently, but uh, it doesn't look like it at the moment unless I can find some way. Like it could be a case of just rowing for 20 minutes, 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off um, for, I don't know, you know, 20 hours a day or something. Uh, um, if that's what it has to be, that's what it has to be because I just have to get to closer to Antigua. I just can't sit here and float. Uh, it doesn't interest me in the fucking slightest. So, um, you know, I, I'm the person when I'm doing something, I have to do it to the best of my ability. And 
even now I'm sitting on that foam thing and I'm rowing like I'm on the Blindy Lake in Versailles. Um, you know, I, and it does my head in. I want to be, I want to be tearing into it. I want to be, I want to be pushing, um, pushing myself, and you know, big, long, powerful strokes and getting there as fast as I can get there. But yeah, listen, but I, I'm going to have to compromise. So um, we'll see. Uh, the most important thing, obviously, is achieving this um, uh, huge goal to finish. But uh, yeah. I would like to do it uh, as quickly as possible, but I think that could be um, that could be slow as Christmas. All right, that's day 43, 44. Um, a few hours into it, and uh, I'll, I'll check in tomorrow and give you a bit of a, a review on the, the day and the night, which with the night is always a nightmare, so um, uh, see what it'll be like now. All right, good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck. When I think about the hardest parts, the most challenging parts of my crossing, my row, day one, undoubtedly the peak hard part, the the most chaotic um, experience internally, the doubt, the chaos, the the weakness, the quit, and the sores on a totally different level. The sores on a, if day one was like this peak mental chaos, the sores on day 43, when they, in a way, was the crescendo of how bad they got, was this low-level, constant pain and discomfort chipping away at your mind just never going away every second you sat down for that 11 or 12 hours a day it was there just going this is painful this is sore this is uncomfortable this is painful this is painful oh yeah and you know you have three weeks of this left and we get worse every day this is we're painful we're painful we're painful and would be worse tomorrow and then you still have 20 days minimum left and we're just going to get worse and worse and the pain's going to get worse and worse we're going to be here for longer that (laughs) that battle was um so difficult it was just that the pain was like at kind of this day was obviously the worst it got but up until that point that it kind of morphed from discomfort into pain and I suppose what I might be a good idea to give you what I'm talking about here it was like pressure sores and sea sores so pressure sores obviously from my mass like which I started 130 kilos I'm sure at this point now 43 days in I was good down a good 15 of those kilos but um if not more yeah probably about 15 in and around but still I'd been you know it's the it's the constantly sitting and the weight of that mass on this fixed rowing seat that I brought um mistakenly uh, I figured out pretty early um, and then the the other factor was the salt crystals from the seawater um, and not having um, they kind of 
form and almost like acne like this kind of these small spots and then the pressure sores which were the ones that were very uncomfortable um painful after after a while were these big kind of more more um massive um welts or areas uh so the other factor then of course was that i i didn't take good enough care over that first 20 days of my skin so that was the whole salt sores um issue that it started there i think if i uh, remember correctly it was around day 19 was the first time i mentioned maybe feeling something in the video feeling um like those issues kind of starting there uh, probably um had arisen in my own mind a little bit before that but those first two weeks were just so fucking crazy like um and you're just you have a priority list right and first priority is fucking don't die it's just survival and learning how to just kind of live in that environment you know so um that's a huge draw on energy so like when you do get into the cabin on your brakes and your skin is wet um or what I did, what I did was not take care of it. You know, I took the kind of um, the easy option or the lazy option, which was just to, I need to sleep here. Oh, the skin will be grand. Don't worry about it. It'll dry while I'm asleep kind of thing. That's the reasoning I would have come up of. Even, um, even though I knew that that possibly was going to be an issue if I did that but I just it just so so difficult to um to not kind of just want to sleep you know to go about um a routine and I had like I mean I had in my mind and in my preparation I had a routine in place coming off the oars every time and it was all down to sorry it all revolved around kind of longevity in terms of mobility and skin kind of condition quality so that was like do a bit of stretching do I had little um trigger point balls on board so maybe trigger point something had I think even brought bands did I I can't remember for for um tractioning uh and then uh dry your skin get out of your wet clothes get out of your sweaty clothes if that's the case and uh, dry your skin and get a bit of sleep and then back out and then you know uh that was the routine I had visualized that was the routine I planned but uh with the best fucking will and intention in the world I could not get myself to do it like I just it was it was just it was too far it was too much i just wanted to sleep i just wanted to get the head down and and you know that lack of early care really really came to um as i said in that video uh bite me in the ass you know with uh with the with the sea sores and the pressure sores were probably always going to come i don't you know just because of my size like um not sure that will definitely be something i will be investigating um hugely <laughs> before uh, the next ocean row with gussie and project empower from uh, new york to galway 2022 so um 
Yeah, and and then it was like in those in that interim, say between let's say day nineteen when I did figure, you know, okay, this is going to be an issue to day forty three. Like I had been trying to, I was fighting a losing battle, but I had been trying to um, manage the sores to the best of my ability. So I brought like um, chamois cream. Um, I brought these five pots of um, a Swiss cycling brand, which was recommended to me. And it had been phenomenal. It had been so good. But um, I think I thought I had six pots or I'd lost one somewhere, but I'd, I was running out of it very, very quickly. And, and that was creating this layer, you know, in my um, a layer of protection between the skin and the my the cloth that I had been wearing, which was a, a bicycle short, which was I'll come to in a second, which is also another issue, but uh, and the seat, um, and then now I had run out of that, um, and then I had started to obviously take better care of my arse at that point. Uh, sorry, in those uh, intervening days with talc, believe. So when I got off the oars, I dry up as much as I could. And then it was just this fucking, <laughs> obviously closed the door of the cabin. And then it was just legs in the air. Uh, and uh, with my right hand, just assault myself with this um, talc powder, a uh, talc uh, bottle. And um, when I was finished after most sections or sorry after most um when I when I finished it was just like this cloud of talc <laughs> in the cabin for like a few minutes this white kind of dusty cloud until it all settled um and that had become kind of routine and I had felt actually pretty good um when I had done that but I think the rot had just set in you know and um and this was the day like uh where it you know, it um, it just became so fucking painful that it it, it worried the shit out of me. Um, other solutions that I played around with, like was so. Uh, obviously, I as I mentioned, I was rowing, or I, I was attempting to row naked, which um, is is done actually mostly. Um, a lot of people talk about it and do it, uh, and it was this was day forty three for me. It was the first time I even content not content sorry even the first time i did it and it was it's just so uncomfortable for me uh, you know i just <laughs> did not could not figure out how people uh, enjoyed rowing naked i just you know there was things in places that i um couldn't get comfortable with let's put it like that it's just um yeah so I, I did try it after that for a few days, but the, and the reasoning behind that was because the, the the four, maybe four or five pairs of what I would call bicycle shorts, like an undershort, what I had been rowing in, they had been ones I had worn for, in some cases, years, like so through rugby and training um you know i always wear a pair and what that meant was that there was a little bit of um wear on them and around the the crotch like a i want to say a, a bobbling does that make sense like when it kind of balls up you know and that um fabric combined with the balling combined with the salt crystals in it uh, was like fucking just um, sandpaper. What's that other fucking paper I'm thinking about? Um, 
Uh, anyway, it was it was just grating away at my skin, like you know. So that was kind of increasing the discomfort. So that was a big mistake, having not brought new ones or like relatively new that I had kind of done a little bit of training in and was used to instead of bringing kind of older pairs, which you know, seemed seemed like a reasonable um, solution at the start, but very quickly that it wasn't. Of course, the biggest mistake, the major factor was the fixed seat, you know, bringing a a seat like that, uh, which was this kind of, I don't know, six inch kind of high um, foam padding. No, not foam. Um, padded seat, I suppose. Just this kind of beige padded seat um, that, you know, it, it got wet. It soaked up moisture that way. So when you sat on it in the morning, sometimes, you know, you were immediately wet and your skin was wet and uh, that was obviously, that's an issue. And then there's no kind of um, uh, the pressure through it as well, creating the pressure sores. There's no like um, relief through the seat. So, uh, and people had said it to me people had said to me in fairness you're you, you know <laughs> it was pretty clear that they uh they didn't think it was a good idea that i rode an ocean with that um and i should have listened <laughs> but i didn't uh you know i made plenty of mistakes uh, and that was probably the in my prep like and that was probably the the major one the one that caused the most kind of friction if you want if I want to a better word um out there um and I will not uh I will never ever ever have a a seat like that on another ocean row of which I hope there will be a few well you could see my drive was still there despite this situation you know i was still looking for solutions to continue to um strive to get there as quickly as possible to the best of my ability and you know i i even contemplated or the one really the one i'd settled on the one that was probably doable but like the thought of it was just it's nearly i don't know it was, it was, it was scary, I suppose, and I had my doubts if it was doable, but the one I settled on, that one where, like, I, you know, I could continue to strive to my standards, continue to work to what I would deem my standards, but also kind of be a sustainable routine was the Row for 20 minutes, take 20 minutes off. Row for 20 minutes, take 20 minutes off. For what I, the number I picked out of my arse, probably to be honest with you, is um, 20 hours in a day. Um, and you'll have to tune in next week to see if it was achievable, if you see if that was what I ended up doing. So that's it, folks, for this week. Hope you enjoyed the uh, story once again. And it was a bit more of a story this week rather than the um, the inner mas- machinations of my mind under the duress and stress of a and discomfort and pain and demands of an ocean row.
If you would like to support the show, you can do so by liking, subscribing, rating, sharing on um, on the podcast platform you listen to the show on and uh, on your social medias if you want to share it. Um, really helps the show, really helps to get to, to new people and, um, and you know, hopefully they um, engage through your um, pressing of a button. So um, that would be fantastic. Or leave a leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. That would be um, really really appreciated. Um, if you ha- if you guys have any questions, um, I would love to hear them. You can you can send them through to me on through social media is the best way. So through Instagram uh, at. Owlstock is my personal Instagram and then at uh, Deep Roots Podcast um, or through Facebook at my public page Damien Brown or through my website. Uh, mostly it comes through Instagram so yeah feel free it'd be great. Uh, we have another question and answers coming up um, in the next week or two and uh, that I've actually recorded already and then there's a few more questions that um, have to be answered from that last kind of intake so yeah I'll add them all together and I'll do uh, number four down the line so yeah if you want to you know get them in if you have a burning question you can you can find the way speaking of social media keep an eye out for a picture that's going to accompany this episode probably not the launch one but maybe during the week sometime um, of these said are well talked about and something that was a an incredibly difficult thing for me to deal with over a long period of time the these sores i've never actually never publicly showed a picture of them i've done i do it sometimes in uh, certain talks i give um, but this will be the first time i'll ever share a picture of it so uh keep an eye out at some point and uh I think it's I think it's only fair that uh, people get a visual on on this thing that or these things that basically um you know was it were a huge part of my crossing and a, like I say a slow form of torture so um and a huge obstacle psychologically in particular that I had to deal with and, and you know uh, from that kind of feedback of the discomfort and the pain I I learned a lot about my own mind um so yeah that is that is penciled in to go along with uh, this episode at some point. Um, if you'd also another way to support the show is through Patreon. There's a a deep roots community uh, forming there uh, in its early days, and as of last night, we will have just had our first uh, live um, stream on that community so um i say as of because i'm recording this before i record that which goes out before this does so it's all a bit um all a bit uh, topsy-turvy but i think you understand so yeah that's another place um, you can go to support the show and um lastly the one thing i kind of wanted to try and get going here is a um i don't know how to how should I describe this but if um, if you listen to the podcast or if you use the four controllables from last week's episode I'd love to um, 
see uh, almost like a, a, a shot into your life, like a screenshot into your life around that. So what I'm kind of proposing is that if you're out for a run, if you're out for a walk, listen to the podcast, if you're training, if you're rowing, if you're climbing, if you're doing something that is listening to the podcast or, you know, using the four controllables um, while listening to the podcast or um, I'd love uh, for you to post that up and tag the at deep roots podcast and then i'm going to share um those um stories or even if they're uh, posts i'll share them through the page and just just see i'd love to see what people are you know when they're listening to it if it's you know like one of those things cycling or rowing or training or you know like walking whatever it may be um and yeah and then i'll just kind of start sharing that out there and uh and posting up about it and and you know it'll just give all of us kind of a another uh capture an image captured of you know people's lives and how they're going about it and uh, and where this podcast kind of touches into that um so that'd be pretty cool so yeah, just just tag Deep Roots Podcast. You can tag me as well, obviously at Alstock, and uh, post it up in your story, or post it to your to your gram, or even onto your Facebook, and uh, and I'll reshare it. All right, so that, that's it for this week. Keep striving for more from yourself, and uh, talk to you next week. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 